Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 144 of the Social Liability Podcast, the podcast where we discuss those folks in our lives that violate the social contracts that we all agree to live by. I am your host, the Raz, with my co-host, the Buck, bringing you new and interesting stories from the far reaches of the interwebs. And Buck, you, you, I've got some stories, and, and I want to end with one in particular because we seem like every time there's one of these viral trends, we end up talking about it, and we're going to. Uh, but there's a lot of other stuff that we're going to get to first, and I struggle sometimes to come up with titles for the episodes because uh, sometimes they have a theme, sometimes they don't. It's, this particular week, we don't really have much of a theme. But we're going to start out with uh, one from Wesh.com. Our minds were blown, Florida couple says. Dealership sold them a stolen truck from Colorado. Have you ever sold a hmm. stolen vehicle? Because you used to sell cars. I absolutely did. I did every part of the auto sales, like everything, sales, internet manager, finance manager. The only thing I didn't do was a desk. I've never sold a stolen car. How difficult now, would that be? Um, I, I can't even, like, accidentally... I mean, how though? I not, mean, you'd have to get the the dealer would ship would have to get the title. That's what I'm they? saying. Well, not only that, like there's VIN numbers, there's all sorts of like fail safes to prevent just that. It, it almost sounds like like somebody was pulling some sh- shifty shit and got caught, or maybe the because, dealer, or the dealership reported it stolen. <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying, man. Like it, it it's got to be something a little bit greasier than than what it sounds like because. You know, I've even had people try to trade stolen cars. Like, they come in trying to get a new car, and the car they're trading in is hot. That makes like sense. Like, I've ran it, I've ran into that once or twice, but never, never the other way around. Well, imagine buying your dream vehicle only to find out it was actually stolen. This is what happened to the Haynes family in Flagler County. Uh, I think that's what it is. F-A-L-A-G-L-E-R. Flagler. Uh, they say they were still on the hook for the payments, however. <laughs> Brandon Haynes and his family were searching for a new pickup truck for months. I just wanted a fully loaded F-350 diesel because I have a really small penis. After a long time, the husband and his father found two. Uh, he was so excited. He took a picture, like thumbs up. He had finally gotten what he wanted. In May, Haynes bought a Ford F-350 with, from Bill Bryan of Chrysler Dodge Jeep in Fruitland Park. But a month later, they were in for a shocking discovery. It was stolen, and our minds were blown. In June, Haynes bought the truck, uh, brought the truck in for an oil change at a different dealership closer to home. This is where they said the mechanics found discrepancies. It came up stolen immediately. It came up red, big bright, stolen, right on the screen in red letters. Three red flags caught their eye. First, the technician ran the truck's VIN in their system and found it was not a Ford-manufactured number. According to a report, the Flagler County Sheriff's Office uh, then <laughs> tapped into the truck software and found that the VIN did not match the tags on the door or dashboard. The VIN uh, on the door, you were able to peel it off. Just It was just like coming right off. So the Haynes called the Sheriff's Office, and the same day, they re- they recorded a cell phone video of law enforcement impounding their truck. The department confirmed the family's fears. Uh, the sheriff's office reported shows that they discovered the truck was stolen from a dealership in Colorado, and they found that the truck was not even the type of truck Haynes thought he had bought. 
Haynes signed a contract for a 2019 Ford F-350 Super Duty, but investigators found the truck was actually a 2017 Ford F-350 Super Duty. Uh, when you go to a big dealership, you trust them. You feel like, oh, I got a nice car. And then they come to find out these things that you didn't see. Uh, we didn't see any of it. Over three months after buying the truck, the Haynes said the dealership was not helping them, and they are still on the hook for the loan payments of tens of thousands of dollars, plus their down payment and modifications they made to the truck. This is hard. It's unbelievable. Like, like this, how could this happen to anybody, but nothing, and nobody's doing anything about it? So the Haynes filed a lawsuit against the dealership, as they should, and the bank argued this was a breach of contract. No, it's not, because you didn't sell them illegal trucks. You violated the contract first. The complaint lists the red flags like VIN, uh, VIN tags were glaringly obvious forgeries, a radio system didn't match truck's model, and a Carfax, Carfax suspiciously devoid of key information. I want my money back, and I want other people to know this could happen to them too. Experts say the situation is known as VIN clothing and could happen to anyone. I doubt that. Uh, VIN cloning is just copying the information on another car in, into a stolen car. Uh, the, the vice president of operations of the Better Business Bureau of Central Florida explained that the VIN cloning is a method of concealing the vehicle's true identity. Her advice is to buy cars, do your homework. <laughs> I think they did. Um, VIN tags should l not look like they were tampered with. They should not look like they were lifted. This is a huge sign. Yeah, because that's what I look for when I buy a, a vehicle. I'm looking at the VIN numbers. Come on. Uh, she said that before buying a vehicle, you should look up the VIN on the state and and other reputable databases. Again, who does that? They expect the dealership to do that. The dealership declined to do an interview, but in an email they said their attorney reached a resolution with the Haynes. We reached out to the dealership on August 18th. Haynes said the dealership contacted them later the same day, a few hours after our inquiry, because they knew the jig was fucking up, and they were trying to work on a settlement. The email uh, response from the dealership stated, uh, hello, our attorney has been in contact with the Haynes, and we have come to a resolution with the issue. We are waiting for our insurance company to get settled. We have reached back into uh, out to our insurance company again to try to expedite this so that we can get back uh, the whole, get the, get them back whole and get past all this. After a bumpy four months, the Haynes are hoping for a smooth road ahead since they are out of a truck and money. I am very sad, and I just want this to be all over for our families. On Monday's on Monday, the Haynes said they have set, uh, have an agreement on a settlement with the dealership. Uh, WESH2 News also reached out to the family's bank. They have not replied. Well, I can tell you right now that this, this dealership, if they were a volume dealer, they no longer are. I can tell you right now, Mr. Chrysler, when he finds out that somebody with his name on their sign is pulling some shifty shit like this. It sounds to me like it's, it's, you know, like it's a very internal thing because I don't understand with the rigorous process. And I'm not even trying to like sound salesy. It really is a rigorous fucking process that they go through to trade in a fucking car. Okay. And even, even the process that they go through before they put a new car that just came in off the truck before they can even put it on the lot, those things have to get looked over real freaking close. So in order for that to get just missed, nah. Nah, no, 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 no. I, I, I think that, that that thing cloning is being done in-house. And, and you are absolutely right, by the way. 
they're not going to be responsible for that. They need to take that shit all the way to fucking court and they won't owe a damn dime. You know, I, I, I'm telling you, I used to sit there in the finance office and write these contracts up. If that VIN number on the car that you bought doesn't match the VIN number on the contract, you, it, you're, the dealership is screwed. Like yeah. the, the, that's the, not the, the car cost, you sold them. <laughs> that's not the car, you know? And, you know, quite frankly, you know, you can't, no, it, it, this, this should not even be this big of a fucking problem. I feel terrible for these people. Yes, indeedy. All right. Our next story comes from Popular Mechanics. Wouldn't expect it, but mountain goats are being airlifted out of a national park because they crave human pee. The insatiable thirst for human urine is causing some big problems. (laughs) Olympic National Park, located in Washington State's Olympic Peninsula, is facing a daunting challenge. Removing a ballooning mountain goat population has developed a strong appetite for human pee. Mountain goats aren't a native species to the park. Since their introduction in the 1920s, their numbers have blossomed into a staggering, staggering 700 I, I, uh, ungulates, I guess. <laughs> now with humans flooding the area and routinely relieving themselves on various hiking trails, the goats have developed an insatiable thirst for urine, which serves as a strong source of salt and minerals. Acting in concert with the National Park Service, the USDA Forest Service Park authorities have begun tagging, blindfolding, and airlifting the goats to a nearby forest in the North Cascades via helicopter. This (laughs) needs to be a far side comic. (laughs) Fitted with with GPS collars, the goats are ferried in pairs to nine sites in Mount Baker National Park for a motherboard report. The site should provide a more hospitable environment for the struggling goat tribe where they can roam free of human interlopers. The NPS aims to reduce the goats' numbers dramatically to the tune of approximately 90% of the project's 2018 mountain goat population or approximately 625 to 675 goats. The remaining 10% will be dealt with via opportunistic ground and helicopter-based lethal removal of mountain goats. <laughs> <laughs> wow why can't they say we're going to shoot them uh, when the terrain is too challenging to corral the goats with a helicopter last year it was suggested that shotguns or high powered rifles would do the trick although, yeah buddy terrain don't stop those things although the park mm. insists its first priority is relocation with minerals necessary for their diet scant the devotes have developed a strong predilection for human pee and sweat which can find an abundance of while foraging through the park's 1,442-square-mile domain. The NPS Mountains, uh, however, had, that urine has an adverse effect on the goat's behavior. Ooh. Goats can, oh, my. Mountain goats can be a nuisance along the trails, along the wilderness camp, campsites, where, the, where they <laughs> persistently seek salt and minerals from human urine, packs, and sweat on clothing. They often paw and dig in areas where hikers have urinated or disposed of cooking wastewater. Goats that paw and dig at the earth have posed a detriment to the environment, according to the NPS. Unrelated to the lapping up of urine or the general safety concerns interacting with a with a swelling goat herd, a hiker was gored to death in the park in 2010, for instance. 
Uh, the nature of mountain goat interactions can be widely varied, such as humans observing goats from several hundred meters across a ridge, goats approaching the visitors, having events and hazardous interactions, such as the October 2010 fatality. Uh, authorities cannot implement fertility control largely because the animals are, are so hard to corral. There is no approved contraceptive available to quell their birth rates. This is a real article, folks. <laughs> I, was, I, I really wanted to know. Like, yes. if this is legit. Yes, it is. It was, actually, oh, it, was wow. actually, it was actually published back in 2018, but I just ran across it. <laughs> Buddy, I'll tell you what. That would just be terrifying for me. My bladder has been rerouted to a bag that hangs on the front of my wheelchair. I'd hate to be out in that fucking place, man. Is, is it you that has a problem with goats anyway? Only the fact that I had one living outside of my damn living room for about a year. Mm. Like, but I don't, I don't, I'm not like afraid of them. I, I know somebody, I think I know who it is now since it's not you, that is like terrified of goats because of their eyes. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Our next story comes from insider.com. A 20 year old woman was seriously injured in a high risk traffic stop after Colorado police put her in the back of a patrol vehicle that was then st- struck by a train. Who the hell gets. Wow. A woman sustained serious bodily injuries after she was detained in the police car that was struck by a train. <laughs> Colorado police say. Officers from the Plateville Police Department pulled the woman over following an alleged road rage incident involving a firearm on the evening of September 16th, according to a statement from the Chicago, um, yeah, Chicago, Colorado Bureau of Investigation. The driver of the vehicle pulled to a stop just past the railroad tracks with the patrol officer behind her with his car on the tracks. Two officers conducted a high-risk traffic stop, detaining the woman in the back of the patrol car on suspicion of felony menacing. While the officers cleared the suspect's vehicle as part of the investigation, a train traveling northbound struck the PPD patrol car. The woman identified as 20-year-old uh, Yarina Rios-Gonzalez was taken to Greenlee Hospital with multiple injuries and is expected to survive. In response to the incident, one Plateville officer was placed on paid leave. Why? According to the Denver Post, a spokesperson for the Plateville PD did not immediately respond to insider's request for comment. The investigation into the crash is being conducted in a bifractal manner due to the many elements of the accident per the CBI statement. According to the agency, CBI is investigating the serious bodily injury while in police custody. Colorado State Police is investigating the traffic accident between the train and the patrol car, and the Fort Luton Police Department is investigating the initial report of the alleged road rage incident. Which I dare say they might be in the best interest of justice to drop those charges. Because I think she just renamed that police department after herself. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I, and something tells me qualified immunity might be um might be might uh, you might get over the qualified immunity hurdle with this particular instance. Uh, because yeah, you know, I, I don't I don't see how that, there's I don't see a way to trump that. Like yeah. there, you're not. Somebody's going to have to eat a shit sandwich on that one. Oh, buddy. Talk about... uh. Yes, indeedy. Okay, Buck. We're going to take a quick break and be right back with a continuation of our episode. But first, a message from 
us. All right, Buck, we're back. And this next one comes from CNN.com. Beyond Meat suspends executive after he was arrested on suspicion of biting a man's nose. You know what Beyond Meat is? It is like a meatless food production producer. Yes, they, they say, oh, meat is evil, meat is bad. Enjoy this this vegetable or fruit alternative that looks remarkably like and tastes remarkably like meat. <laughs> Hmm. It's like if 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 your if your stuff is so good, why are you trying to make it taste like something that is? Yeah. Mm. Well, yeah. Be- Beyond Meat suspended its chief operating officer after he was arrested over the weekend on suspicion of biting a man's nose during a fight in an Arkansas football game. <laughs> Police arrested the vegan food purveyor CCOO Doug Ramsey on charges of terroristic threatening, a third degree battery on Saturday night. Ramsey was arrested on a $11,000 bond the following, or released rather, on an $11,000 bond the following day. The company did not respond to requests for comment on the arrest. In a later response, a brief statement announcing that Ramsey had been suspended effective immediately. <laughs> Fayetteville, Arkansas news station KNWA cited a police report that Beyond Meets Ramsey punched through the back windshield of a Subaru that he had hit. Wow! That it hit the tire of his Bronco. The incident took place in a parking garage near Razorback Stadium at the University of Arkansas. The driver of the Subaru told police that Ramsey uh, pulled him in close and started punching his body. Ramsey also bit the driver, ripping flesh from the top of his nose. Ramsey joined Beyond Meat in December last year, pivoting from a three-decade-old career in Tyson Foods. Which makes meat. <laughs> Beyond Meat had had been a market leader in the plant-based meat space alongside rival Impossible Foods. It was a Wall Street juggernaut after its IPO in 2019, but since has struggled to deliver on sales goals. Shales have fallen more than 90% from their 2019 high. Who cares? On Tuesday, the stock was trading around 16, a record low since its debut at $25 per share. Nobody cares, nobody cares, nobody cares. Dude bit a dude's nose and punched out his windshield, his rear windshield. Oh my god, that that had to have been incredible to see, just to see somebody punch out a back window of a car. They're not exactly designed to be delicate. <laughs> no, that's beyond spectacular. <laughs> what? I just the vegan food guys just taking a bite out of a person. You know, I've I've tried some of the impossible, you know, stuff, and it, every time I bite into it, it doesn't taste like like meat. And and I, I I look look down and you see like flecks of carrot and shit. It's just like why, <laughs> why? See, it just it's just somebody were it to... just it just looks like food loaf to me. You remember food loaf? <laughs> I, uh, actually, I really didn't mind food loaf, Blech. but. You know, I also live by the mantra that if you put enough salt and pepper on something, it will taste just like salt and pepper. So, you know, take that for what it is. True enough. Our next story comes from City News Everywhere. And it's titled, Man and Wanted Selfie with OPP Cruiser got arrested for impaired driving. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Alcohol improves judgment, impairs judgment rather, need proof. Ontario Provincial Police in 
Ealing County say they arrested a suspected drunk driver after he approached an officer seeking to take a photo with a police cruiser. Yes, this actually happened. OPP West Region tweeted saying the man was arrested in Heritage Lane in the county after trying to take a photo with a police vehicle. An unarmed 18-year-old, selfie-loving man from Bayham, Ontario was arrested at the scene. As a result of the interaction, they were taken into custody without incident and subsequently charged with impaired driving offenses. It's really short, but that's just it just tickled me that this drunk stumbled up. Can I take a picture of your car? Bam! Okay, I'll get in the car now. Uh, no, 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 no. They're in Canada. He said, "Please." You know, he said, "Please." Probably so. May I? May I? Please. Excuse me, there, constable. May I? Uh... Please take a picture of your car. Now, all, all jokes aside, though, you know, don't mess with the Canadians. People, all jokes aside, man, you know, you'll get an ass kicking with a smile. Is is basically what it boils down to. Those people are, you know, they're they're made of tough stuff up there. Blame Canada. Our next story comes from CNN.com. And Buck, you gotta tell me if you've seen this or not. Don't cook chicken in NyQuil. FDA, nope, FDA, never saw it. FDA warns dangerous social media challenges. I mean, folks, never saw it. Folks, never heard of it. Check your kids. Make sure they're not in the kitchen with the NyQuil. So I'm going to say, because uh, this is going viral. It's all no, over the place. And you know what? Another thing is that this is why we're going to lose NyQuil, you fucking assholes. But this is why the aliens Control- won't talk to us. No, no, I don't even give a shit about the aliens, man. Okay, I want to sleep when I have a fucking cold and I feel icky. I want to be able to go to sleep at night without any motherfucking problems with my NyQuil, okay? This this is what is going to, like, compel them to take NyQuil off the fucking market. Don't be doing shit like this, okay? You're lucky enough we still have Tide Pods, you dumb shits. Stop cooking fucking food in NyQuil. Funny you should say that. Uh, want to cook chicken in NyQuil? Overdose on antihistamines? Swallow laundry detergent pods? <laughs> there you go. While most of us re- recoil in horror from such dangerous suggestions, adolescents and young adults continue to be susceptible to social media dares like these. One social media trend relying on peer pressure is an online video clips of people misusing non-prescription medications and encouraging videos to do so too. These video challenges often target use, can harm people, and even cause death. One challenge recently posted on social media encourages people to cook chicken in a mixture of uh, acetaminophen, dextromorphine, and dioxalane, a basic ingredient of NyQuil, and some similar over-the-counter cough and cold products. Boiling a medication can make it much more concentrated and changes its properties in other ways. Even if you don't eat the chicken, inhaling the medication vapors while cooking could cause high levels of the drug to enter your body. It can also hurt your lungs. According to uh, the agency, also posted to a TikTok challenge daring people to hallucinate by taking large doses of over-the-counter. Uh, I can't pronounce that one. <laughs> uh, called the Benadryl Challenge. The FDA cited reports of teens... Diphenylhydramine. There's another one before the hydro, the hydrohydramine, but there's another word behind it. It's I can't, I can't. 
I've, I tried. Okay, I worry about it. <laughs> the FDA said reports of teens ended up in emergency rooms or dying uh, after participating. <sighs> Why are youth so susceptible? The teenage brain isn't fully developed, as you can tell. Um, and, and it goes on about you know, kids being stupid. Um, don't do this. <laughs> I mean, this is this is right back to the Tide Pod challenge. You know, I mean, goddamn. I'm saying you're stupid. gonna wreck it for the fucking rest of us, you dumbass kids. I mean, personally, I, I see mean, it as a um, natural selection, but I know other people don't. <laughs> yeah, but no, I'm telling you, somebody's going to start like rallying to ban fucking NyQuil, man. Oh, oh they will. You know, it's they so will. Dangerous. Yeah, because it's not that it's not that the kids were fucking stupid. It's oh, we got to stop them from being able to be stupid. Yeah, and what's going to be the end result? I'm going to have a stuffy fucking nose when I go to sleep. I got enough problems in my life, people. I really fucking do. And I don't bitch about them. But you know what? I'm a fucking sourpuss when it comes to a stuffy nose. I don't like it. No, I really will. I don't, think anybody, ever, I don't think anybody ever longs for it, you know? <laughs> you know, and I, you know, the green death flavored NyQuil. Why would you cook with that? Like that's yeah, that's, that's not even that's that's not even a challenge. Yeah, it, like it, what's it, what 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 is there? The, what is the challenge in that? What where where does that exist? Probably just tastes like ass. Maybe. Then eat ass, eat ass. You know that's <laughs> and and put it on the fucking internet and make money on it. Yeah, there's instead the, of putting it on the, the, instead of putting it on fucking could, YouTube and looking like a fool. I could find videos of eating ass for free. I don't need to pay for that. <laughs> That's true. You know, but I, I, NyQuil as a cooking ingredient, like that's, that's just, hmm. Now, I say that, but I have used pepper spray <laughs> to make hot wings. <laughs> I did. It didn't have the CS in it. It was, it was strictly um, OC. Don't. <laughs> It was fucking stupid, and you did it, and you learned your lesson. Oh, they were delicious. Shit, rats. <laughs> you, you, you obviously don't understand how passionate I am against this. Like, <laughs> stop, stop putting, a t- stop it, man. Rally behind me. Don't go on the other side of the fence. You know, I'm not, you, like, oh, yeah, NyQuil, I use pepper spray and eggs. Fuck you, Raz. Put that on a different episode of the podcast. We don't need to do that in sequence. Great story. Funny fucking, funny fucking content and whatever. But it's about the timing, dude. (laughs) NyQuil is on the line, dude. Good night's sleep. I'm not talking about NyQuil. I'm talking about OC. Oleo resin capsicum. (laughs) Yeah. But it's still something that you shouldn't cook with. And you're admitting to doing it. Well, it it doesn't affect me. That's you do. It, you do remember it doesn't what, affect me, right? Doesn't matter. <laughs> Somebody's gonna be like, "Oh well, Nyquil doesn't affect me. I'll just cook some fucking hot wings with it now." No, not with the green no death cooking. fucking flavor. Mm. Not with the green death fucking flavor. You ain't. Yeah, they would use Dayquil, the citric death flavor. <laughs> Give a little tang. Get a little tang. Take with your that wings. head. Hey, man. Nothing like taking the headache away and getting lunch at the same time. (laughs) 
it's like instead of instead of the 30 milliliters of uh dayquil it's just eat five hot wings eat five hot wings call me in the morning dude that's one of the worst things about living down where i do now is there is no decent wing joint nearby i mean there i could go up to the sit one of the cities which is like an hour hour and a half away but i don't i don't want to drive that far for wings you know what i mean I have a cornucopia of wings available on demand right close to me, thanks to DoorDash. If I'm feeling froggy, I might raise the roost or, you know, maybe some B-dubs. You yeah, know? The, the best wings in this area is fucking Pizza Hut. Take that. <laughs> you know what? Don't dock it, man. Pizza Hut makes some banging wings because they have Wing Street wings. I guess. But, I mean... <sighs> You use that DoorDash stuff regularly, you know. I, I I've tried to use the DoorDash app, and where my house is is literally a block too far for them to go, so they won't come here. Um, I've tried. What, what's the other one? Not DoorDash. Um, Grubhub. Grubhub doesn't service this area at all. I've tried Uber Eats one time, and after two hours, my food never showed up. And there, there's. Another one is called like Oklahoma to go. And that's, I, I've, I've used that once and it was okay, but the prices are like stupid on it. Like incredibly stupid. I can't imagine what you pay living out in the freaking woods. Well, I mean, I'm, I've fit the food price is the food price. I, I mean, like there might be like some arbitrary or like ancillary service fee or whatever, but um, I, uh, the, the price actually come compounds because I'm a fantastic tipper <laughs> and well, no, man. I mean, like I do, I live out in the boonies, man. I'm not going to have some poor schmuck, you know, drive, you know, all the way out here for a fucking $3 tip. I'm not going to do that. Dude's trying to fucking feed his family. Gas prices are through the roof. You either get it is standard rule. Everybody, everybody who comes out here with food will either get $10 or 20%, whichever is greater. And that's it. You know, so, uh, if I order, if I order Pizza Hut and it's a $34 bill, you know, delivery drivers come up here and they deliver my pizza and they're like, thank you so much for the tip. <laughs> I'm like, you're welcome. Hey, Nobody expects a $10 tip on a $34 order. So you don't... Uh typically go into stores anymore let's just call a spade a spade you don't no, you don't you don't I go do you don't really go into stores anymore so i think you need to bellow for caregiver katie's i have a question and i want to see if i'm the only one that that that, re, that is noticing this so go ahead and, and i'm going to mute your mic go ahead and bellow for your your caregiver while i, while I preface this with the other folks listening it might it might be a little difficult i can try she might still be sleeping but hold on so if you have folks noticed that whenever you go to a store, it doesn't matter what store you're going to lately. It doesn't matter what it is. It, it, it could be uh, a rest. It could be a restaurant. It could be a retail store. It does not matter where you go. You run your credit card or you use your Apple Pay like I do, and you end up with a question: How much of a tip would you like to leave? And they're sitting there holding the thing, looking at you expectingly. Like, I'm not going to a convenience store to buy a gallon of milk 
and leaving a tip. I'm sorry. I mean, I know tipping culture is a thing, and I, I the the whole idea of tipping is is supposed to be for when it, it's somebody goes you 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 want to reward them for doing a good job. It, in this country, it has evolved to the point where you are shamed for not giving good tips because this person is just trying to make a living. Well, them they're why isn't their employer paying them? <laughs> Why are they agreeing to work for $2 and some change an hour? I mean, uh, so I'm, I look at it both ways. You have an employer who's not paying them, but at the same time, they also agreed to take the job. So I can see it from both perspectives. But whenever I go to the freaking gas station and I go inside and I, I get the, the, the chicken, a box of chicken, it's just ridiculous to me. Uh, that I, that the gas station attendant would expect a tip. It's just bizarre. So now we're going to get the female perspective and, and somebody who's actually goes into stores and and knows what uh, knows my plight or thinks I'm crazy. So, okay. Katie, when you go into a store, have you noticed lately that more and more and more it doesn't matter what store you go into, if you use a credit card to make a purchase, it's always asking for a goddamn tip. I mean, seriously, have you noticed this at all? Or am I just crazy? You gotta speak, Katie. Yeah, we can't hear you. <laughs> you got oh. there's a microphone, darling. You gotta talk into it. <laughs> so, I mean, I've noticed this in like gas stations. Like, I've went to get gas, and okay, I'm gonna go inside and get some chicken, a box of chicken, and then they're they're like holding the the little credit card reader. It says, how much of a tip would you like to leave? <laughs> and it, it's funny because they'll say like 15, 20, and 25 are custom. And the only way to do no tip is to hit custom and type in zero. Like at a goddamn gas station. It's in the middle of nowhere where you are. Oh my God. It's everywhere. Restaurants, I understand it. Especially restaurants that are normally sit down and they're packing it up for carry out. And, you know, I, I, I get that. I understand why they put that on there. But now every single place you go. I, I there's a there's a place here in this town, it's a chicken joint, where they are asking for a tip in the drive through. In the goddamn drive through. <laughs> I don't get it. I get like drive through places. Like I totally get drive through places. Like uh we've got this local coffee place. It's amazing. Um that's okay to ask for a tip. I'd totally do that, but I've never seen like gas stations, even the gas stations that do food. I've never seen them ask for a tip. I, I, I'm sorry. I can't, I can't, I cannot abide by drive-thrus asking for a tip. That is your, that is your job. Your, your job is to hand it out a window. I'm sorry. You don't get, you are not getting extra money for me because of your handing out the window technique is superb. I wouldn't um, do it for like McDonald's or something, but something where they're making like, you know, they're crafting something like a coffee place. You know, that, that takes a little bit more skill than just slapping it all together. Not this coffee place. This coffee place down here suck. That's why I go to Starbucks yeah, again. I, I was, I, I got a Starbucks again. It's awesome. <laughs> I need to, I need to train yeah, them though to recognize cute. my basic bitch. Cause it is that time of year where I drink my basic bitch. Basic bitch. He, he's Starbucks. <laughs> We're talking about pumpkin spice lattes, but Anyway, thank you for that. I just wanted to see if I was going crazy. Apparently, people don't agree with me. I got out of bed for this. Yeah. 
Go away now. I thought you got out of bed because you love me. I do love you. Okay. Lovers quarrel, folks. That's going to bring us to an end, folks. Another week of the Social Liability Podcast. I thought we were going to get a female perspective, and apparently we just got scorn and ridicule. So, folks, I am the Raz. He is the Buck. Wishing you all a happy and safe week. Wishing you a happy and safe week. And make sure you listen to us on our other podcast where Buck is the host called the Subcockles of Reddit. If you're listening to this podcast, you can listen to it on the same platform. Thank you all very much. Have a happy and safe week, and we'll catch you on the next episode of the Social Liability Podcast. Thank you.